Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John. It's always sunny in Las Vegas, Ronaldo. John, how is it going? It is always sunny in Las Vegas. We're finally getting below 100 degrees here. And it's you know, when we're recording this, it's the end of September. But I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh. Like, I love warm weather. I'm ready for it to cool off, you know? So this morning it was like 70 degrees outside. I'm like, yay, it's like cool, which is like, just makes me laugh. So uh, I think our triple digit weather is done for this season, but never say never. This it, has been a it bizarre is year. Yep, it 2020. is 2020. Anything, yeah. Anything so. could happen. Yeah. Anything could happen, but life is good. Life is very good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, weather has been good here. We're in p- full pumpkin spice season. Actually, uh, our pastor at the school mass the other day was talking about his love for pumpkin spice. It was, it was kind of uh, hilarious. Um, and uh, if people want to check it out, they can just go to our church website, sjpmd.org and, and watch past masses there. Um, but uh, yeah, fall weather is here. Long, long sleeves, long pants, you know, um, that kind of comfortable sort of, I don't need a heavy jacket yet weather, which is like my favorite type, you know? And, uh, and, uh, I, I think the reason I like the fall weather and the winter weather is because most of the shirts I wear don't need to be ironed, you know? Because you nice. So, so anyway, um, we're not here to talk about fall fashion or anything like that, but it is fall. And, uh, you know, uh, again, even though this uh, episode is being recorded in late September, uh, Catechetical Sunday has passed, uh, which means for many people, traditionally, uh, formation has begun. Uh, youth ministry programs have begun. Uh, schools have been back in session in, in all the states, whether in person or virtual, for several weeks, if not months now. And uh, we thought we would do a little just kind of check in and see where things are going. And, um, you know, John was gracious enough to say, hey, why don't you share what's going on at St. Joseph with your youth ministry program? And um, yeah, I'm just going to share with you guys a few thoughts of things that are going on. Yeah. And, and when we were talking pre-recording here is, is I was intrigued by what you were saying, that, that things are working, that your, your numbers are, are trending in the right direction. You have involvement. Uh, there you have buying from families. And I think we're still in a place here in this early fall that we still need ideas in terms of how do we continue to do good formation and engage our families in effective ways in this crazy year that is 2020. And so that's why I thought, hey, you know, some programs have launched, some have not, you know, but the reality is that all of us are are changing and adapting throughout the year too. Uh, And so I think there'll be some good food for thought uh, on this conversation. So I'm excited about it. So Chris, at the beginning, you had told me that uh, your numbers are are pretty good. Uh, Can you tell us kind of what your numbers are looking like? Because the trend that we have been seeing nationally is the numbers are down pretty substantially in terms of formation. But what are you seeing in your own world? And, and, and tell me why you think you're seeing the results that you're seeing. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, paint um, a little bit of a caveat with that, too. Like at the ministry that we're a part of, um, and, and I'm going to talk more percentages than I am actual um, just, just numbers. And because... Uh, again, we don't want to get people lost in like, oh my gosh, they have 300 or 20 or 40 and, and judge it on that. And, and also the fact that I'm in my fourth fall at the parish. And so um, we're still in this rebuilding phase. Um, just uh, uh, in case I haven't shared it here on the sh- show before, 
when I first started out at St. Joe's, we were only doing blocks of eight weeks um, for youth ministry, eight weeks in the fall, took a huge break, and then eight weeks around Lent and that early springtime. And we were, this was actually going to be our first year where we were, we were going to go year round, John, uh, pretty much um, from September all the way to June um, with some, some kind of summer programming sandwiched in between. Um, but it's 2020, and so plans changed, and uh, we made the decision that we were going to scale back. Um, but even with scaling back, uh, my team, um, which I just want to give them a huge shout out, they've just been incredible uh, throughout this whole process. We got a little creative, and um, we decided that this was going to be a year of evangelization and recruitment, evangelization and recruitment. And so when the early numbers, uh, when we had opened up registration, I mean, <laughs> I think I had like two high school students and three middle school students. Um, it was it was kind of like uh, not not like a shocker or a surprise, but it was definitely kind of like, OK, this is the hill that we have to climb and it's going to be really, really hard. But we're, we're going to make this work. And um, and I'm happy to say that we're at like 80 percent um, uh, number wise of where we were last year. And what's actually kind of nice, um, if, if this sounds nice, is there are a lot of names of people we know who should be there that we haven't seen yet that we just know we need to pick up the phone, call, email them and just say, hey, what's going on? But in regards to our enrollment for youth ministry, and this is different from children's ministry, so grades 6 through 12, uh, we're, we're seeing um, that we're at about 80% um, with numbers higher in the high school end than in the middle school end. Um, so... So yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty jazzed up and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. That's pretty impressive because again, what, what I have been hearing and seeing from clients and and things like that is numbers anywhere from like 20 to 25% of normal. And and this is children's ministry as well as youth ministry. So, so this is refreshing. This is why I wanted to talk about this a little bit because not, not, not to pat Chris on the back, although we probably should, but really is, is what, what's working for you, Chris. And because I want to share that with everybody, because I think all of us are struggling to figure out what this year looks like. I mean, even me, like I've been telling some of my clients, like you're paying me to come in and give you good ideas. And like, there are times I'm like, I don't have any good ideas because this is just really, you know, jarred everybody. Right. You know, so, so you're seeing numbers about 80% of normal, which is incredible. So what, what is it? What, what is causing that? Is there outreach efforts? Is, is it your model? Tell us what you think is making that reality true so that we can share that with others. And hopefully those of you who are listening can imitate some of this stuff and, and see what works. Yeah, I think one of the key things at the beginning was getting buy-in from the team. And, and to be honest, that's something I struggled with this whole summer. And I know I, I preached about it in, in Marathon Youth Ministry and, you know, on um, other uh, podcasts and shows that I'm a part of. But like, like the most important thing I knew, even though I wasn't doing well, was getting my team together. And, and, and part of the challenge was out of my control, right? People were figuring out life. School was a huge obstacle because a lot of my volunteers were parents or grandparents and, you know, um, and then with their own jobs and my telecommuting, can I be involved in everything like that? And, and it really came down to just reaching out to them and being as vulnerable as possible and just saying like, hey guys, I know I'm not being a good communicator. I know I've got this youth ministry plan stuck in my head and I just need to like sell it out, you know, sell it to you guys and, and share it with you guys and everything like that. But I need to know, are you in for this year? Um, and if you're in, what does that look like? 
And so I had like half my volunteers say, I'm all in, but I'm only going to do virtual. And then I had half my volunteers be like, I'm all in, but only if it's in person. And, and, and so in a situation like that, you can easily get stuck, right? And say like, oh, I can't please everyone. I got to either do virtual or all in. And, and that's when I sat down with my um, leadership team and I said, okay, how can we do both? How can we offer both? And, and so the first thing that came to mind is that we would have to scale back the program, which I, I mentioned before. So, you know, uh, in the last two years, we had worked hard to build sixth grade boys, small group, a seventh grade girls, small group, you know, you know, and so forth. And we decided that, you know, with the leaders that we had who were coming back, that we really only had the capacity to do middle school guys, middle school girls, high school guys, high school girls, and offer that both virtually and in person. Now, we have a couple of, um, you know, middle school girl groups that are meeting, meeting vir virtual, but we were able to offer middle school in person uh, for both boys and girls, virtual uh, for both boys and girls, and then same thing with high school, um, virtual and in person for both boys and girls. So all of a sudden what that did was that gave us flexibility. The other thing that we looked at was what are other ways that we can minister to young people and their families without doing small groups? Because, you know, we were all hearing the hype of, right, like my kids are going to be totally zoomed out because Baltimore County schools are, are virtual or you, you heard the whole thing of like parents not being sure of whether their kids can meet in person or not because of, you know, positivity and liability reasons, how are we going to make that all happen? And, and so we're like, all right, we at least have to figure out a way that we can minister to young people that does not um, involve small groups and does not involve any kind of gathering in that regards. And so like, there were ideas like, let's start a YouTube channel. Let's just, you know, invest more in social media. And that's where um, one of my volunteers, Jane, and I were just having a conversation about subscription kits, which I think I've, we've talked about before here on the show. And we were like, you know, subscription kits um, are, are something that people are, are literally buying into. Um, you know, it's kind of exciting where, you know, every month or every week or, you know, whatnot, you're getting this, this kit and to figure out what's inside and everything. And, and she, um, uh, Jane, one of her daughters, who, who's a, a young adult, had gotten like a faith kit. And so we looked a little bit at that. I was looking back at some of uh, the, the uh, John, I don't know if you remember um, Interlink um, and with the CDs and the movies that yep. youth ministers could order. Like I was looking back at some of the things I used to get with that and everything. And we're like, well, what if we were making our main method of catechesis through these subscription kits and building up a digital library? That was sort of like something you might find with formed or um, you know, uh, one of those other organizations like that, right? And so we spent the majority of our time looking at that as our primary sort of source of ministry. And then we said, okay, we're asking people to sign up for this primarily. And then we're giving them an opt-in of a, of a small group. And when they opt into a small group, they can opt in to meet virtually or in person. Because we knew that people would have no reason not to sign up for a subscription kit, right? Especially with our high school students being for free and we dropped our prices. And, you know, we can talk a little bit about that. But, you know, with the small groups, if people opt into the subscription kit with small groups, we can slowly gain them back, right? Because we're going to be communicating to them regularly. Um, they're going to see that some of their other peers are doing the virtual or in-person small groups. And so if we can get the main majority of our people to sign up for the subscription kits, then slowly but surely we can build back our small groups as well. 
right. So I know I just shared a yeah. whole bunch. Yeah. So though, this is so good. Let's break this apart though, because I love it. I want to come back to it. Your first strategy was to get your volunteers on board or to get your mm -hmm. team on board, which is so important. I think we all need to remember. And one of the lines I used to use when I, when I would do youth ministry training is that it's the youth ministry leader's job or the youth ministry coordinator's job to minister the team, T-E-A-M, and it's the team's job to minister to the teens, T-E-E-N-S, right? right? You know, and and that's what you did. So first and foremost, I think that's so great. It's like you got to get the buy-in from the, the, the your your team and figure out what they're comfortable with, right? Because this is a bizarre year. Online, virtual only, face-to-face, -face, whatever. I totally get that, right? And then the second piece, you said, okay, given what I have, right, the resources of people that I have, what does the model of this look like? And just like schools are trying to do, and quite honestly, many corporations are doing, they're providing these hybrid experiences. You can shop online, you can do curbside pickup, or you can still go into the store, right? You know, uh, school, same thing, right? Some of the schools are doing hybrid model where some days it's face-to-face, -face, some days it's online. Well, you're doing the same thing in youth ministry, but you couldn't determine that until you knew who you had on board, right? Yeah. I yeah. think that was so essential. So you decided to do a hybrid model because you're right. Not everybody is quote unquote fearful about coming back face to face, but some people are, you know, and so to provide an option for the gamut of people and where they're thinking, I think is so important. And then last thing I want to riff on is like, you are not getting people to sign up for your registration is not for small groups. Your right. registration is for this subscription, this monthly thing that I want you to get delve into a little bit here in a moment, but this monthly thing that you send out to everybody for those who want to participate or those who don't want to participate, they still get it right mm -hmm. for whatever yep. cost it is. But that's how you draw in those that are not going to be engaged yet because come January, maybe people will feel comfortable to come back and join a small group. Right. You yep. know, as things start to change, as the news changes, as whatever happens with COVID and, you know, quarantines and things like that. So I love those three pieces I think are so important. Where's your team? Get your team on board, figure out the model based on the resources that you have available to your team. And then you're selling the subscription, not the small groups, but the small group is almost the bonus. Even though we know that the small group is where the transformation really happens. But at the same time, you're giving resources for parents and kids to do stuff at home, even if they're not part of a small group. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, 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 you know, it's a way of us breaking away from the, um, the school um, tuition model, right? Because that's what a lot of our catechetical programs are based on is the school tuition model. You register in September, you do ministry all the way up until May or June, like depending on, on your region, right? And then you take a break during the summer. And, and yeah, there's, there's vacation Bible schools, there's work camps and things like that. But really like the way that um, we should be looking at our uh, faith formation programs because faith formation never stops, right? Is more of a membership like to, to the local gym um, or to, uh, to another uh, you know, community-based organization where you're going year round. And it's looking at, okay, what can we constantly provide throughout the year? And then, you know, through that, we include other offers. We include other discounts and things like that. And I know this is like a total business, like kind of model and everything like that. But I mean, so is the school tuition model. That's a business model. It's just, I don't think that works anymore with faith formation. And part of the, I think it's part of the reason why 
um, you know, we were seeing uh, uh, so much disaffiliation and unaffiliation with with the church and um, our, our our programs. I mean, just to kind of go back, you know, to one of the pushbacks we people are hearing about virtual small groups, right? If my kid has to do virtual school, they're going to get tired of virtual youth ministry, right? Part of the reason why so many kids and teenagers are tired of faith formation and religious ed is because it reminds them so much of school, of what they're doing already. We know this, the documents say this, you know, everybody like in the higher ups, in the hierarchy of the church have been saying this, like you have to do youth ministry, you have to do children's ministry different. It's an accompaniment model, it's a lifelong model, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's, it's a relational model. And, and, and even though schools try to be relational, create these organizations, uh, this culture and, and whatnot, in youth ministry, we have to look long-term. And so that's where the subscription mindset, and we're purposely saying subscription, we're not saying registration, we're saying subscription is key. And so setting up this model is huge. And so people, when they enroll or subscribe, they get a YM kit, right? Um, and then they will receive a YM kit every two months. And so we have these touch points throughout the year. Our next one is going to be in early December, um, you know, right at the beginning of Advent. Um, and basically, we're now creating um, a, a touch point, right, um, an interaction point for them to receive those kits. So everyone who subscribed, uh, the, um, I'll just put the date out there on December 6th, um, they'll have an opportunity to come to our parish to pick up their kit. We're going to try to do some kind of hybrid uh, virtual worship service that all depends on, you know, safety, COVID, you know, weather, et cetera, and that. They're going to pick up their kits. Anyone who doesn't want to come by the church to pick up their kits, we're going to deliver them to them. So in some sort of way, there's going to be a personal interaction. And I'm sure many people have started to uh, uh, recognize that Amazon delivery person or their uh, post office worker or even the takeout person because we're doing a lot more delivery. Well, that's our hope that when they see the youth minister walk up to their door or their small group leader walk up to their house and say, hey, here's your subscription kit, that now you've created this interaction, right? Now you've created this opportunity where they're staying connected to the church and the church is mobilized and moved into the community. So we're going to do that six times throughout the year. Um, and now we're in the process of saying, okay, what does it look like for someone who moves into the area in January? Like, do we have a welcome to our parish, welcome to our youth ministry subscription kit? Um, what are we going to do for rising sixth graders and rising fr freshmen and, and, you know, graduating seniors? What is that kit going to look like? You know, and so we're designing specialty kits at that same time. And, and now people might be asking, well, what does this all cost? You charge the cost, right? So you do the math in your head. If we're going to have 50 students or 100 students, you know, to do this, and we're going to buy these boxes, which, hey, like I found, you can't buy any less than 500 boxes at once. <laughs> so, um, you know, you just charge at cost. And people won't mind because you're giving them something tangible in their hand. This is this is absolutely amazing to me because li listen to what Chris is saying here a little bit, and this is this is the challenge, right? Is yes, we're inviting people to come on campus to pick up, you know, these subscription boxes, but at the same time, for those who can't or won't, you're going to them, right? Mm -hmm. And it and it's it goes back to this idea like we can't constantly just keep asking people or assuming that everyone's going to come to us because we know they're not, right? 
So now you're going to them, you know, and dropping them off. And that provides that touch point, right? That relationship building that I think is so incredible to me that makes so much more sense, right? So now it's an option. So whatever this event looks like on December 6th, it's also an opportunity to gather, you know, people and, and, and have families or parents or young people get together too a little bit, you know, and at the same time, you're still serving those who don't want to or can't come to campus for one reason or another. That's it, folks. That's what our documents have been calling us to is going out, is going out. Now, I will highlight one thing that you said, uh, which I think is so important. You said we're calling it a subscription model versus a registration. You know, it's all about language, right? And language is marketing. And, and that language shift makes a huge difference. Yeah. Right, because we are used to subscription models to all sorts of things, right? You know, uh, and and that's the reality. So you're just building upon something that already exists in the culture, right? Mm -hmm. And just building into that. So I think that's great. Tell me, Chris, what does? Because I know everyone's asking this. What is in these boxes? Um, magic. No, <laughs> they're empty boxes. With the Holy empty Spirit. boxes. <laughs> yeah. You open it up and you, and there's a mirror. No, uh, like basically in all seriousness, um, that was, that was part, part of the biggest challenge. I mean, we were like, all right, do we print out all the materials, create a workbook and put that in there? And at first that was kind of the initial plan, um, to put that in there with maybe some candy and, and some fun things, but we were like, you know what? people don't want more paper. So, um, you know, uh, what we focused on was, okay, what are things that we can bring in, that we can bring into their homes that's going to remind them that Jesus is near. And so we're like, all right, every box has to have some kind of sacramental, right? Some kind of sign of, of Jesus, you know, and, and whatnot there. And, and so, um, <clears throat> with our fall uh, boxes, we, uh, um, again, I give a lot of credit to Jane, she, uh, she's my super shopper. She found um, these little wooden bowls and like uh, went to like a Home Depot and got rocks, right? And on the rocks, we wrote down just prayerful words. And then uh, with that, we got post-it notes, right? Like a stack of post-its and put those in each box. And, and she wrote on top of like, and she's a great calligrapher, but on top of each post-it, um, at least post-it pack, not every single post-it in the pack, but every post-it pack, she wrote down like, um, you know, serve, love, prayer, and stuff like that. And so the purpose of these rocks <clears throat> is to remember that, you know, um, that with God, we have a so solid foundation. And that anytime you have a prayer, you just rip off one of those post-its, you put it in there, you put it, you write it on that post-it, you drop it into that bowl, you put the rock on top of the bowl, and that's your prayer for the week, right? And every time you see that, you remember to pray. Um, for our December box, because we're doing this December 6th, which that week is, um, you know, the Immaculate Conception and everything. Um, we're going to include uh, something about Mary. Um, uh, so uh, we're, we're discerning between rosaries or, or, or different things like that, but we're gonna make the focus on, on Mary and saying yes to the Lord and things along those lines. So some kind of sacramental, right, is key. Um, something that um, is, uh, a, a rem uh, and this is a little bit like a sacramental, but like a memory verse, right? So, um, you know, uh, you can either buy um, just regular labels or stick stickers and, and print out on, uh, um, on those labels or the stickers a memory verse, or, you know, there's tons of companies out there where you can, like a Canva, where you can order like 250 stickers for just a couple of bucks and, you know, design like a, a really cool uh, memory verse. 
Um, and those stickers are meant for them to put on their devices, their laptops, their cars, you know, anything, uh, a place to remember, to remind themselves of, of God's word. Uh, so we have that in there as well. We also include little journals, um, little journals, because we want to encourage the habit of journaling. Um, and I'll get back to those in a second. Um, and then we did something just totally swag related fun. Um, I went and through a distributor, uh, got our youth ministry logo and put it on masks. And so every kid got a, a St. Joseph youth ministry mask, um, you know, for them to wear. And, and, and um, whether we do something like that every single time, I don't know, but, um, and then we put, you know, candy and, um, and then we put, uh, we designed these cards and those cards give them information on how to access our digital library, which has videos and all their content. Like, so we took all of our small group questions and adapted them into reflection questions. And so basically um, we gave them a calendar, we gave them directions, and they're supposed to each week go watch the video, download the questions and use those questions as a guide for their journaling. And so what our hope is with these boxes is that we're teaching them the spiritual habit of journaling and prayer through that, right? And that's something that's private for them and everything like that. Our small group leaders, reinforce that so in your small group you watch the video again we're not going to assume we're going to encourage and remind people to watch the video on their own but we're not going to assume that they've done that so the group as a whole will watch the video and that small group leader will use those same questions to to break open you know the topic and the theme along those lines as well but yeah in those kits a journal um a sacramental uh, something fun, uh, you know, candy, uh, like the mask or things like that. And then instructions and reminders on how they can access um, their digital library. That's amazing. I'm going to ask a huge favor, Chris, because I think people are really going to be interested in this. Uh, and I'm going to say here on air, uh, I would love if we could put a picture of the subscription box with everything in it in our show notes for this episode. And then maybe we can create bullet points of everything that you just said, just a brief description of it on the show notes, because I think you, you went through a lot and I'm like, I'm trying to like remember it right now. And, you know, we know people listen to podcasts while working out, while driving, while all sorts of things. And so if you go to the churchpodcast.org, go to episode 155. Uh, and we'll have a little picture and, and just a bullet point kind of notes of what some of these things look like just for your October box. I know every yeah. box is going to look different, but, but I think uh, having people seeing that, I, I think is going to be really, really helpful to me to, well, to me, <laughs> I'm doing this yeah. for me because I want this, but I know it's going to be helpful to our listeners. So will you do that for us, Chris? <laughs> yeah, sure. John, like if, if, if I'm not, I'll just edit this out of the video. Yeah, uh, sorry, audio, yeah, but no, no, you have the power to edit this entire yeah. clip. So. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, we have the, we, we, we did take some pictures. I'll, I'll definitely put that in. Um, I, I know several people have asked and it's not that I'm trying to be private. It, it, you know, it's, it, it's just writing it out and, and processing it out. Um, you know, we were able to figure out the cost of about like, we're trying to keep each box to, less than $10 a person, you know, and, um, and part of the bulk order we did with the boxes, it ended up being like $3 and 33 cents per box, you know? Um, so, um, you know, and the main expense in our current box with the, was the mask, um, everything else we were able to just, you know, be create, and, and that's where the team comes in, right. Where like I had Jane and I had a couple of other people and I'm like, what's cool stuff we can put in this box and yet keep it under this price. Right. And you have smart, savvy shoppers in your parish. There's so much like 
free stuff out there. There are parishioners who might work for a local business who might cut you a deal on some of these things. And those are the people that you want to rely on um, for those boxes. So, you know, even if your parish does not have a great budget, um, <clears throat> like really $10 per student um, or per box, that's less than you spend on most books out there, most uh, curriculum books. And, and there's a lot of digital content out there that you can either curate or purchase for, for way less than, than what, um, you know, some of the um, old school textbooks um, were like. And do the math, right? You know, so if you're only, if you're the subscription pro, the subscription cost is basically just covering the box. You do it six times a year. You're talking about a subscription fee of $60 a year per family, right? right? You know, yeah. or however that works or per kid, whatever. So, um, so around that, obviously you can do your own on that. I think that really makes sense. Let me back up, Chris, as we, as we begin to close up here a little bit, cause you give us a lot of food for thought here. Uh, small groups, you don't do your your a uh, small group that goes forever and ever and ever, right? You for youth ministry, I think you said you do kind of eight week rotational schedule. Tell us a little bit more about that, and and I am going to link to our previous episodes on on developing small groups from scratch because we did a whole series on mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to recap that entire thing. We'll put that in the show notes. But give us give me a sense of how you structure those small groups and, and what what are, what are the numbers? How uh, how often do you meet and for how long? Sure. Yeah. 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 So um, I'll talk more about like what we're doing now, um, because in those past episodes, you can hear a little bit of what we were doing beforehand. Um, so essentially, I asked my leaders to just give me eight weeks this fall to meet with their groups, right? And so that basically takes us up to Thanksgiving week, right? And that's a good natural break. And with Advent, if you have nothing, you know, in regards to small groups, that's totally okay because it's Advent, it's Christmas, it's it's going to be a little bit different. And then the goal was to start again sometime in January. Um, but one of the things that uh, so so the groups are plan are, are their goal is to meet for eight weeks, um, whether they're in person or virtual. Um, the goal is about an hour in person, an hour for sure. Virtual, we said forty five minutes is a good goal to start with. Um, but as we were getting closer, you know, one of the things that we were discussing is the fact that some of these kids don't usually like to share whether they're in person or virtual. So in a virtual group, if you watch the video and then you have a 10 minute conversation, you're done. You're good. That's okay. You know, nice thing is you don't have to wait around for parents to pick up the kids. You know, you can just shut down the meeting right there. So um, there is no like, and that's one thing we told parents. It's just like the group's can be anywhere from 30 minutes to 60 minutes online, you know, just so don't be surprised if your kid gets off after 35 minutes. Um, in person, we said an hour. Um, and, uh, you know, just basically, because we don't have any of the large group sessions, there's no games, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are restricted from doing like food and stuff like that. So there's not a need for as much setup and transition and everything like that. So really, it's just groups. Um, and I told my leaders, there's three things that you need to do. And this is in Rebuilding Youth Ministry. This is something that, you know, uh, Nativity did and, and, and so forth, where we just want you to pray together. So when you join together as a group, just start out in prayer, share life together. And sharing that life is uh, watching the video, you know, talking about highs and lows, going through those questions, and then pray for one another at the end. Ask the group, like, what you're doing. And that's why I told my leaders, I was like, if the video doesn't work, if you show up and you just don't like the kids want to talk about something else, just remember those three things, pray together, share life together and pray for one another. Because 
all the content that they're receiving is coming in a weekly newsletter, it's digitally online and everything like that. So the catechesis is getting out there. Your job is just to remind them how to access it and reinforce it, but really focus on that relational standpoint right there um, as well. And so, um, yeah, just it's it's those eight weeks that's happening there. And um, yes, some of the groups are virtual, some of the groups are in person as well. But what, um, and this is an important key and, and something I want to really stress, and this was, this is a challenge for a lot of us pre-COVID or, you know, whatever, is I said to my leaders, because we decentralized our youth ministry, you now are the primary source of contact for these kids and these families. Yes, they'll receive a newsletter from me. Yes, if there's an overarching change, they're going to hear that from me. But if you have to cancel your group virtually or in person, if um, a kid has to miss a week, they're contacting you, you're contacting them. I'm not doing that. Um, and it, I mean, I want to be informed if you cancel something, but like you get to make that decision because this is your youth ministry now. And so if your group stays at four kids, then it, like you need, like I'm going to be recruiting out there. You have to believe that, but you also need to recruit for your group. If you start with eight kids and it drops down to five, like you need to call those kids who aren't coming and say, Hey, what's going on? You know, what's happening. And if you need my assistance, I'm going to come on. So I've given so much responsibility to these volunteers. And what's been exciting is that they, they're totally owning it. They're all in for that. And I think looking back, some of the programming that we were doing before was enabling kind of um, not bad behavior, but enabling dependency on, on me to make everything happen, right? To, to bring in the numbers, to create the excitement and the enthusiasm and everything like that. And, and so what this has done is really given ownership to these leaders and these kids. And, um, and so that's why I'm, I'm optimistic and excited because these leaders have buy-in for their groups and they know that the health of it really depends a lot on their, on their approach. And, 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 and so if they, we come to eight weeks and they're like, can we keep on going? Um, especially with the virtual groups. Yeah. Keep going. If in person, if the building's not open and they just want to, you know, decide to go for a hike or, um, you know, uh, do, do whatever you can do these days um, in person, then we'll, I'll just send them the, the liability forms and the permission forms and, and they can go and do that. Um, and what that's then done for me as the director of youth ministry, it's given me the capacity to invest in those leaders, to continue to clarify and communicate the changes and the message behind our youth ministry and, and really um, to do advocacy work and, and directoral work, um, which doesn't happen if you're running the programs. Um, yeah for everybody. This, this is amazing. This is the breath of fresh air I needed, Chris. I really appreciate what you shared with us. This was extremely helpful and extremely detailed. And, and I hope those of you who are involved in youth ministry, listening to this podcast, take some of this seriously and, and see how you can apply and make it work. Not tomorrow, right? You know, but, but plan to, to make these things and, and, uh, and make these changes because this is where we need to go, right? Even pre-COVID, this is the type mm -hmm. of certain types of things that we need to do, you know, to, <clears throat> to make church relevant in the lives of young people, right? That's the word that we keep saying over and over again about relevancy. This is incredible, Chris. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see a picture of the, uh, the subscription box and, and, and some of the list of some of the stuff that you put in there. Uh, <clears throat> I think that'll be really helpful. Uh, Obviously, people might have some questions, Chris. If they if they have got some questions, want to learn a little bit more about some of the details that you just described, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, to reach out to me, 
personally, um, just uh, go to marathonyouthministry.com um, or shoot us a, a note on social media at Marathon Youth Ministry. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're coaching and teaching people this stuff in our online membership, uh, MYMU. And that you just go to marathonyouthministry.com, click on membership or um, backslash MYMU for that as well. Um, of course, you can reach out to us at questions at the church podcast uh, dot org um, if you have questions that you want to shoot us here. And, and we'd be more than willing at Marathon and here at the church podcast to help you guys kind of establish sort of a hybrid model. Um, and, and it can work with volunteers, even, even if you don't have a paid um, youth worker. Uh, there, there are ways of making this work and we do work with volunteer teams as well. So that's how you reach out to us. But John, say they want to reach out to you. How, how did they get in touch with you? Well, I don't know. After this topic, I'm not sure they'd want to talk to me about any of this because that oh, was incredible. It. So no, you, I tell you, I have been stuck on, on creative ideas, right? A, around these particular things. And so this has really been refreshing for me. But if you really want to get a hold of me, uh, check us out, parasuccessgroup.com. All my information is there. Or you can converse with me on Twitter at John Ronaldo. Awesome. And again, if you have questions, shoot us uh, an email at questions at the churchpodcast.org. And if you like this episode or past episodes, we'd love for you to leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere this podcast can be heard. Um, and again, share it with your friends, your family members, your neighbor, your dog whoever you think might benefit from this information. And we're so glad that you could join us. We're so glad that you could be a part of this uh, church podcast community. And we want to pray for you. And so, John, will you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for, for this opportunity to, to brainstorm and get creative and think differently about how we, how we do ministry to young people, Lord. This was such a treat uh, for us to hear this message. So we, it's such, such a blessing to have Chris be part of this. So, so thank you for Chris's ministry and what he's doing at St. Joseph and in Marathon Youth Ministry. Lord, may you continue to bless him and what he does, but also all those who are on the trenches, all those listening to this podcast, Lord, uh, who, who are just trying to figure it out. <laughs> There, there's a lot to figure out these days, Lord. Send your spirit upon them, all of us, so that we can be creative, be innovative, really push the envelope and try some new things so that we can really share the grace and love that you have for all your people, that we can find a way to do that through our parishes and through our ministries, Lord, So, especially during this time when, when we need you so much. We, we need you so much right now, Lord. So, so continue to be with all those who lead ministry in the church. And we lift up all these prayers in your name, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.